Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Little easy one tonight. The Mount Rushmore of the most significant sporting events this country hosts. And we'll test the mood and see how they're celebrating in Atlanta after that World Series win. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. Just an hour to spend with you tonight. Then back at nine with Darren Berry for Australia and Bangladesh. Must win for the Aussies if there are any chance of making the semifinals of this T20 World Cup. Bangladesh cannot make the finals now. And uh, I think I read something maybe yesterday that uh, there was a mathematical chance. But uh, given South Africa got that win against Sri Lanka, that seems uh, nigh on impossible now. So we'll put a... We'll put... Bangladesh on the towel, but know that they will be very, very keen to claim uh, a massive scalp on the way out. And that uh, would absolutely be Australia, who uh, fell to them one one game to four in that five-game series recently in the lead-up to this uh, T20 World Cup. Obviously, different location, uh, different squad. But uh, a pummeling, nonetheless. Uh, Bangladesh actually hadn't beaten Australia in T20 cricket until that series. They'd only met at World Cups, um, and they really did a number on us there. So um, Australia have to respond, and they have to respond straight away. They cannot afford to drop their next two, any of their next two games. And even if they still win, they have to. They need to rely on South Africa losing to England. Um, before the semi-finals uh, commence, hey, so it, it sounds like a trite um, exercise tonight. It might sound a little bit unoriginal, but I was having a look after the Melbourne Cup about the impact that the Melbourne Cup has. You know, what were the ratings? How many people normally get to go? What's the financial impact? Um, how a sport? How much of an impact socially? does a sport have, meaning how many people do they bring to them that don't normally watch them? So when I say um, when I say what sporting events, I'm talking grand final, state of origin, Melbourne Cup, Australian Open, Grand Prix, Bathurst, these significant sporting events on the calendar, the biggest sporting events on the calendar each year. And I'm trying to put them into around Mount Rushmore to – to give me the four most significant sporting events. Now, you can do this for your own personal preference or you can give me your four that you think have the most impact in terms of ratings, attendance, financial gain, um, international appeal potentially. You can rank these any way you like. But I just wanted to do a little bit of digging into it and just find out for myself you know, how big is the breach? How big is the reach of these events? How broad is the appeal for some of these events? So I want to work through that with you tonight. Uh, and we are going to cross over to Atlanta. Kurt Gill 
passionate Atlanta Braves fan, lifelong fan. He's 51 years of age. He's just seen his second World Series win for his beloved Atlanta Braves. From Atlanta Baseball Talk podcast, you can follow him on Twitter, ATL Baseball Talk. So looking forward to catching up with Kurt Gill a little later on in the show. Uh, Thanks to everyone that got tested today, everyone that got vaccinated, all the frontline workers. We still continue to work our way back to uh, the most normal setting we can be in. Um, But there is something that struck me today. And before, and we always have to preface this stuff because people will, you know, get up on their soapbox and thump their fist and, and stomp their foot and go, how dare you complain? This isn't a complaint, but it's just an observation that there are some things that aren't as advantageous to having everybody back out and about, which we all agree in unison that that is exactly what we want. We want everybody out there enjoying themselves, back to normal, back to doing what we do, no impediments, no, you know, so that's, we're all in agreement of that. But I did just notice today on my way in here that there's obviously a lot more cars on the road again. And very much like perhaps David Warner at the moment, some people aren't in great driving form. They haven't been driving this whole time in through all these lockdowns. They've been working from home. They haven't needed the car, getting back out on the road more frequently now. And it would just seem that there's a few that are just scratching around the, the, the crease a little, just uh, maybe planting their feet, just uh, nudging out and hanging the bat out to some that are moving away from them. They're not picking line. They're not picking length. They're just not quite, they just don't quite have their eye in yet. I, I've just noticed that a little bit on the roads because I've been lucky enough to, one, c- keep a job and, and, two, be able to come in to do it during this pandemic. And... I would feel like I'm in reasonable touch when it comes to my my uh, my form behind the wheel, but some others. In the space of about two blocks today, I had three different people just pull out in front of me, and I'm talking right turns, and I'm in the left I'm in the left lane. Right turns pulled out in front of me, so not just in front of me, but in front of the people coming on. Just just no vision. Their vision's just not there. They have they don't have their eye in. So there, there are just a couple of things that are going to take us a little while to readjust to, and, and if and if you have been continuing to drive consistently through this time. I wonder if you're finding the same thing. Because some of the things I'm seeing, frankly, are scaring the you-know-what out of me. Because people are just getting back out there. Can I just make a suggestion? If you if you haven't been behind the wheel as often during this pandemic, possibly just ease your way in. Don't, don't, don't be looking for fours and sixes early. Just get in behind them. Just get the front foot forward, get the elbow up. Just line and length. The runs will come, but maybe just don't try to force the issue. Play a test-like driving innings rather than a T20. Just a little observation. If you've seen the same thing, and again, that's not a complaint. That's not saying it's a you know not saying that people out there is a bad thing. Before we flood the text with how dare you lockdowns been hard? Yes, I know, and it's wonderful to see us at, at, back out and about. But can I just ask? Just get your eye in before you go pulling two-lane right turns, getting out into traffic, overtaking people. Those are fours and six manoeuvres. Just get your elbow up. Get in behind them. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 So I wanted to ask you, and there's a few texts coming in about this already tonight, the, the Mount Rushmore of Australian sporting events. And, and you can rank these from personal preference or you can rank them for what you believe are the most significant, the most important to the country. So in order to do that, let me give you, let me hit you with some knowledge. Well, as best as my research today can ascertain. So with the Melbourne Cup, so there was all these talk about ratings down this year. Don't, I'm not too worried about that. So I'm looking at three different things. Make it four. I'm looking at my own personal preference. I'm looking at what are the crowds 
what are the audiences and ratings on TV and what does it do for us financially? So Melbourne Cup normally gets around 100,000 there. Normally rates, and this year did combining streaming and, um, and TV audience, 1.8 to 2 million on TV. This is approximate consistently maybe, and, and some of these figures are from non-COVID times as well. So take the COVID out of it. So that's 100,000 people attending on Melbourne Cup Day and 1.8 to 2 million on TV. 2018 told us that the Melbourne Cup Carnival contributed 447.6 million to the economy. So that's pretty substantial. Boxing Day test is really interesting. So in 2018, the Ashes was being beamed into 130 countries on TV. Melbourne Cup, by the way, has a massive international audience as well. Boxing Day test, 130 countries on TV. The ratings, the attendances in 2018 across the five days, 262,000 for the Ashes Boxing Day test. In 2020, the ratings for Australia-India were almost 400,000 on Fox and 843,000 across the, the four days on Channel 7. They estimated that the Boxing Day test contributes about 400 million boost to the GDP and about 95.3 million to the Victorian economy. So that's a significant sporting event. That's right up there on the Mount Rushmore. So what are the other ones telling us? AFL Grand Final. Let's say we average around a crowd of 100,000. 2018, it contributed about 700. So 2018, AFL nationally in 2018 to the capital cities that games went to. So this isn't just the Grand Final, but just to give you some broad context. In 2018, to the capital cities that, that held games, they contributed about $700 million nationally and about $40 million, $340 million to Melbourne alone. The financial contribution of AFL in 2018 um, to the economy, $6.8 billion. So the grand final itself, 100000 approx, $4.11 million on TV this year. We tend to get around that depending on the teams playing, but it fluctuates. In 2019, it contributed about 50 to 100 million to the local economy. In 2020, they, sorry, 50 million to the local Victorian economy. The 2020 grand final was estimated to have cost the Victorian economy about 50 to 100 mil. $13.5 million alone in accommodation normally gets spent on AFL grand final weekend. To put that into context, so let's say 50 to 100 mil, let's even be conservative and say 50 mil to the Victorian economy. The NRL is about 30 mil to the New South Wales economy, just to put it into some context. And there was one report that said all up, it's worth about $3 billion, the AFL grand final. So that's quite significant when you look at it in comparison with whether it be the Melbourne Cup, which was 447, uh, $447 million over the carnival itself. Then you look at the Australian Open. So it's worth north of $280 million to the economy. But that's for the two weeks. So interestingly, that a poll in 2018 voted and it was a Nielsen poll, the people in there, 43% voted the Australian Open as their favourite summer sporting event. The Ashes was actually second, 33%. In 2020, we had 743,000 people attend. And the TV audiences, about 726,000 per day. 
So that's over the two weeks. The final got 1.5 mil. So that's 2019. Last year, the TV audience went down. The men's final was down about 330,000. The women's was down 320,000. The Grand Prix gets about 324,000 across the Grand Prix event and about 80 million people watch it globally. And it's worth about 32 to 39. It was really hard to find a definitive number on that to what it's worth to the, the Victorian economy. But it's estimated around 32 to 39 million. That's a pretty broad bracket. But that's the Aussie Grand Prix. Bathurst, in 2019, 200,000 people went. It got about 2.35 million watching on Channel 10 and Fox combined. We're 21 mil to Bathurst, 25 mil to the central west of New South Wales and 55 mil to New South Wales in general. So when I looked at all that and then put in my personal preference, my sporting event Mount Rushmore is, in no particular order, but the AFL Grand Final, the Melbourne Cup, State of Origin NRL and the Boxing Day Test. State of Origin NRL is the one that I haven't gone through yet. So game one... And game two, the audience was around 2.7 million. Game three, around 2.5 million. The crowds are always a sellout, but they get less crowds because they're smaller grounds. But it's estimated that 2019, that the NRL state of origin was worth about 100 mil. They reckon that the rights for it alone would go for about 150. And Townsville, the state of origin was worth 7 million to them alone in the game that they had. So when you look at, and Ron into true not liking the numbers, but Ron, I'm just trying to paint a picture here. What are the most significant sporting events? Your Mount Rushmore for the most significant sporting events in the country. Those were the measurements that I used to find mine. You just might want to give me personal preference. one 736 736 is the number. Andy's on the road. G'day, Andy. How you going? Yeah, I'm good, mate. There were some decent stats there. Just trying um, to paint the picture. Now- Yep, yeah, yeah. So mine, I actually had a couple international ones, so I won't mention them. But look, my only definite Mount Rushmore is the uh, AFL Grand Final. But if you're uh, if you're going to go for the hour, I'm really going to be interested in what you think the uh, the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand is going to be worth to Australia's economy next year, because it could blow everything out of the water completely worldwide um, coverage of the females. Mm. Um, World Cup, so that's one I'm looking forward to. That's yeah, for sure. I didn't do the one-offs, so that's probably one thing I should have explained. I didn't go through the one-offs like an Olympics or uh, or a World Cup or something like that. These are the calendar every year. You can put them in the bank, uh, set your watch to them. What are the most significant sporting events every year in the country? The Mount Rushmore of sporting events, and it could be personal preference, or it could be what you think uh, has the highest value, um, or high, you know the most the big the, the strongest ability to draw in an audience. It's not always um, it's died in the wool audience. So that's sort of what I'm asking. Maybe digging just a little bit deeper on those yearly events and how we rate them and what we think are the most important. Beautiful. Thank you, Andy. Um, yes. Thank you. Have a great night. You too, mate. Uh, Mark's in Bacchus Mask. Always good to chat to you, Mark. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, Sam. Yourself, buddy? Yeah, good. What's your Mount Rushmore? Well, Bathurst, of course. V8 supercars. 1,000. And I did a bit of research while I've been listening to you. Got to love these. <laughs> I, got, I did give everyone enough time, didn't I? I did go on a bit. <laughs> That's all right. You got to love these smartphones. You can sort of multitask. Absolutely. Jeez. Men multitasking, who would have thought? Exactly. Mm. Mate, so Bathurst, I can bring up the numbers that I've been able to drag up quickly on the 2015 race. They had, over the weekend, 201,400-odd spectators 
shower. They say it's worth per day to the Bathurst local economy, 5.25 million per day for that year and 21 million over the four days for Bathurst. Yep. And overall 55 million for the New South Wales economy. Yep. They're, they're the same uh, numbers that I've got. So that's, that's pretty significant too. Yeah. So there's a solid number. Now the different, I think with the Melbourne Cup numbers, I think they're a bit shady. So then you might get your one to two mil with the three minutes of the race, but I think then numbers drop right off on each side of that for for the couple of hours before and the couple of hours after. So whereas I think Bathurst would hold its audience for the majority of the race, they lose. They get some people that watch the start and the end and sort of drift off in the middle. But generally, I think Bathurst would hold 85 percent of its audience from the start to finish. Oh, it is a long race, though. That's interesting, isn't it, Mark? Because you, you, I, whenever I've had Bathurst on, because I'm not massive into my motorsport, um, it, Bathurst has always been a background until it gets down to the wire. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You're one of them people that might watch the start, hopefully see a couple of crashes at the start and then watch the last <laughs> half at the end. <laughs> and then um, if you hear something when you're walking through your house during the day with the TV on, there's been a big crash, you'll suddenly stop, maybe grab a can from the fridge, sit down and park it for 10 minutes and see what mm. happens. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think 80% at least, four out of five, to start watching it, would then watch it right through. It's six hours. It's not hugely too long. It's done just after before lunch normally and finishes by five o'clock-ish. So it's not a huge, huge, you know, chunk of the day. Um, yeah, anyway, but I just think the Melbourne Cup numbers, if their numbers are the three minutes of the race, fair enough. But I'd like to know if their numbers are from the start of the telecast to the end. I don't think so. And I think the drop-off would be 90%. I think there'd be 90% increase in just that three to five minutes for the Melbourne Cup race itself. And I think there'd be a 90% drop-off on either side of the race. Mark, give, me, give us your give us your other couple quickly uh, before we get to the break. Oh well, oh geez, you know what would be interesting? The Indy, the V8 Supercar race they have at the Indy cars um, on surface after Bathurst. That was that weekend. That that weekend up at surface with the V8 is a huge weekend. The amount of tourists that show up and yeah, it is massive. Good call. So that's just not. That's out of nowhere. That's just something out of left field no one would have considered. But I'm going to leave other people to come up with some other thoughts of their own. Beautifully done, Mark. Always great to chat to you. Uh, Muzzer, stay right there. Maddie and Mount Waverley, stay right there as well. Your Mount Rushmore, the most significant sporting events each year in Australia. How do you come up with your top four? Your Mount Rushmore of the most significant sporting events on the Australian sporting calendar. Sporting capital, SEN. Oh, a substantial amount of text coming through, not just about the Mount Rushmore of most uh, of the most significant sporting events on the sporting calendar. Great nominations coming through, but a lot of people in agreement about my driving analogy, about some drivers who haven't been driving during uh, most stages of lockdown and the pandemic, getting back out there behind the wheel, a little bit scratchy at the crease, maybe trying to hit fours and sixes where they just need to get the elbow up, uh, get behind the ball, just play line and length and wait for the for the bad balls to come. They're trying to do a little bit too much too early, and I'm seeing some really scary things out on the road. Uh, Maddie's in Mount Waverley. Hello, mate. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, I, oh gosh. 
hearing your words about the driving, I just said, oh, yes, someone understands. The amount of people who are jumping out in front, um, not using blinkers. And I, I had my daughter in the car the other day and she said, why are you braking all the time? And I said, people are jumping out in front of me. It's like they've forgotten how mm. to judge the distance or something. It's it's amazing. So, yes, absolutely agree with you 100%. Thank you, Maddie. I really appreciate the call. It's just a line and length thing. I just don't think they're picking the line. They're not picking the length. Certainly not picking the wrong end. Uh, and it's a little concerning out there, I've got to say. I've had some nerve-wracking moments, some really <laughs> uncomfortable, uh, quite infuriating, if, if, if I'm being honest. Maybe a few choice words just delivered out the window. Um, but I should be better than that. So I'm just, it's just a, it's just a impassioned plea, just a, a, a warm embrace around everybody to just, just be careful. Just be careful. Uh, 1300 736 736. Uh, Muzzle with the Mount Rushmore for us. G'day, Muzz. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. The Labradoodle sent your text. Didn't you read it? I didn't see it. I've got a ton coming through, Muzz. They're, they're uh, firing fine. in thick and fast. Um, my Mount Rushmore is that the AFL season, because in lockdown last year and this year, the elderly people that can't afford Foxtel, or at least got some form of entertainment when their families can't visit them, and then maybe the rugby, and then the test cricket, but last but not least is the racing because your boss thinks everyone loves racing that we have to listen to it on the weekend 24-7 um, and uh, the Grand Prix and Bathurst, well, cars just go around and around and around. So, Muzz, not a racing fan as I know and, and you're not a motorsport fan either, uh, but I appreciate your nominations. Thank you, mate. Bye. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, we we do have races on a weekend because we get a great response from it. Um, and we know that not everyone loves every sport, but as a sporting station, we try to do our best to cover each and every single one of them uh, wherever we can, um, rights permitting, of course. Uh, Dave's in Melton. G'day, Dave. You've got a Mount Rushmore nomination, most significant sporting events in Australia. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Oh, for me, every Saturday between 11 and 6 is Sky Racing. And I believe that's the most watched around Australia every Saturday is Sky Racing in every pub and every screen at home. Not every screen, but... You don't work for Sky Racing by any chance, do you, Dave? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, you know what I, if you count, if you count every yeah. bike and what, out, what I was asking, Dave, is just what in terms of one-off events. So, like I was, you know, Melbourne Cup, State of Origin, Boxing Day Test. Which are the four that you think on the calendar each year are the most significant? Oh, it's got to be the Cup, Melbourne Cup, and yep. then you know you you follow it around to the railway stakes and Magic Millions and all that stuff. It's just good fun. Beautifully done, Dave. Thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate it. John off the text, uh, well said, spot on, and a great analogy about the driving. Uh, damn straight about the driving. I spend nine hours a day in the truck listening to SEN and have people in the wrong spots all the time. JD in Reservoir. Alex's Mount Rushmore Basketball, AFL Olympics, A-League Water Polo. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Mount Rushmore coming through of Aussie Sport. One AFL Grand Final. Any event that gets 100K attendees could probably draw 250 if the MCG could hold it. Has to be number one. Melbourne Cup history. 
truly strops the nation. Three, Boxing Day, MCG Test Day 1. Four, the Australian Open Men's Tennis Final toss-up with F1. Uh, but Grand Prix, one of 20 races, whereas Oz Open, a Grand Slam event. That's a good point. Um, this one, uh, with no name attached, uh, AFL Grand Final, Boxing Day Test, Australian Open and Melbourne Cup. Yeah, uh, I, I had State of Origin in there um, ahead of the Australian Open. Um, that's a little bit of personal preference in that as well, but the numbers stack up pretty decently too. Um, but uh, certainly the Australian Open is a, a boom event over the two weeks. Um, Australian Open and Grand Prix for Australian uh, for Australians Mount for Australia's Mount Rushmore sporting events. That's from Michael. Uh, agree with you on the biggest. My favourites to attend says John. Day three of Boxing Day test. Love day three, John. Day one SCG test. Cox Plate AFL Grand Final. Uh, Aussie Open is my favourite says says Alex. One AFL GF. Two Melbourne Cup. Three Boxing Day test. Tennis Open. That's from Rhino in Midvale in WA. Uh, Dean's Mount Rushmore of Australian sports. Oh, this is in history. America's Cup 83, Sydney winning the 2000 Olympics, Kathy Freeman 400 metres in Sydney, Ash Barty winning the French Open in Wimbledon. So that's a different take. Um, so that's sporting moments, Dean. Mount Rushmore sporting moments from you. Um, and there's a heap coming through as well. Hey, thanks for all those. 0433981116. Maybe you're a bad driver, Sam, if you're nearly having accidents. Hey, Michael, you could be right. I don't think it's me, but... Um, the you know it is a problem to not know you have a problem as well. So maybe I've got to just have a look at a mirror and make sure that I'm uh, mirror signal head check all in the right order as well. Uh, so I appreciate that. Don't ever discount that I could be the problem and not part of the solution. Uh, good stuff. one 736 Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.